And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jedi's and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about something Star Wars. Something. What- something and we have a lot to talk about tonight because tonight chris and i are going to be talking about a lot of the celebration news how you doing chris good yeah i'm tired part of the reason we're doing this episode is i just got back from florida yesterday knock on wood that i don't have covid (laughs) and i'm just i'm tired and so we decided not to do an episode and there's so much cool stuff that came out of celebration so we did, We just kind of wanted to talk about it, and I wasn't sure. Do you, do you want to do like a brief, like first initial thoughts of Kenobi? Yeah, let, let, let's keep it brief since it's only the first couple episodes, and it's like usually we hit this from the because it, it would be easy to talk for a long time about Kenobi because there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, short answer for me is I liked it. It's walking the edge for me. I have some. I have some like technical like some nitpicks on how it's presented like just like from a a filmmaking point of view but those are just like sort of you know those are something that i just are like minor quibbles but like it's riding that line of continuity you know there's there's such a thin and i'm really i'm really i really think like vader and kenobi should have two fights one where each one of them wins, you know, and or or quote unquote wins in the case of Darth Vader, but it has a symmetry to it, you know, to to the the last time they met, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, chopped his legs off and left him to die, and then he come, you know, so having one in the middle just sort of adds it. It could possibly be done in continuity. And I mean, if it's written really well, it might work for me. But I really don't think I really wish they I, I hope they don't. I hope I know that I imagine there's just intense pressure for them to do <laughs> instead of don't. But, you, you know, from fans and from like up high at, at like Disney, you know, people going like this, you know, people are gonna want this, you know. I don't know how many people really want it that much. I I like the idea of seeing Darth Vader and having, you know, some maybe I, some sort of thing happen in the Force with him. I'd be okay if it's almost like a cat and mouse, like they just keep missing right. each other. Yeah. Um, but I I I just find like the like I will always have my like certain nitpicks like. Like, there are certain things that I find holy, but I, I have been finding it easier with Star Wars. Instead of thinking it like science fiction fact, looking at Star Wars, Star Wars like a myth. And depending yeah, it's on. Like Rashomon who, or something. Yeah. yeah, and depending on who's telling the story, the myth is from their point of view. So, like, say, it's Ahsoka meeting Din Djarin and Grogu, it's going to be different from Din's point of view versus sure. Ahsoka's point of view. And it's almost like they're retelling their <coughs> point of views. 
And so, like, I was literally just reading a book about basically a guy talking about, you know, that in the context of reality, you know, of just people in a room or whatever. But yeah, it's the same. Yeah, exactly. But and that like that has been helping with like my continuity nitpicks because I mean, things are never going to line up 100. We've already seen some mild retcons of like books and comics and like it's just one of those things of just like, you know, here's ahsoka's point of view of like one thing versus darth maul's point of view of the siege of mandalore and like stuff like that but like Um, i'll also take that into consideration like like i i personally like my what i'm setting as a goal is does it shore up with what vader and obi-wan what whatever happens does it shore up with the the dialogue between vader and all the dialogue between vader and obi-wan when they fight in in episode four, and when uh, Obi Wan's telling Luke about his father, and Owen's talking about his father in episode four, if it can, if they can shore it up with all that, and without being ridiculous about it, I, I could I could like it. But and and the thing about, and why I pick like Obi Wan's, what Obi Wan's ta- like saying in the story is because Obi Wan. Like you, you already know that Obi Wan's like that's from my point of view. So you could read like what Obi Wan says. You could read, you can like remove Obi Wan's filter and go like, okay, it could mean this to Anakin and this to this person, and that's been done quite a bit in you know all the stuff that's happened since Star Wars with with that anyway. So, but as far as the show, I I enjoyed it. There were parts of it that were beautiful and uh yeah i oh go ahead sorry i thought you were done i i i thought it was really funny that like like the big like surprise the you know the big surprises spoilers uh skip ahead a few a little while if it is princess leia's in it and stuff but i sort of figured that that sort of makes sense you know and and it's sort of gonna be this sort of catch-all to sort of catch up on side characters too you know yeah i mean i i loved it um i on the edge of continuity i i loved it just like as i love watching the inquisitors in live action i love seeing my grande boyfriend um is it him that is him but he gets gutted (laughs) but that doesn't mean I mean, Finnick Shan has fucking uh, like a robot stomach, and Maul got that's, cut in half. He'll be that's fine. true. I I I would have gone with that. That was just a different Grand Inquisitor, and they got somebody thinner and and more with the eye of the tiger to replace him, and called him Grand Inquisitor. Uh, no, because I, I forgot who plays him. It's like Robert Friend, R- Richard Friend, um, the actor that plays the Grand Inquisitor said like he watched Rebels to prepare for the okay. role. I so have is, I, okay. Then I have another retcon for it, and that when she gutted him, she basically gave him the 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 um the uh, equivalent of a Jedi or a Jedi Sith um stomach staple surgery. So yeah. he can only he can only eat like a few mouthfuls of food before he feels stuffed full. So he becomes very skinny by rebels <laughs> days. But. But yeah, I mean, he'll be fine. But like it, it Kenobi said. I mean, I did, I did gasp, and I had, a, I did have a mild freak out on on Twitter. I was like, they, they are absolutely not retconning rebels, are they? I will throw something, and they're not. They're not because like that would be a major. It, that there's a difference between like 
the Ahsoka novel versus Siege of Mandalore versus them retconning a whole fucking character. Like, those are two very different things of, like, yeah, details no. of the novel. Rebels is, the- too, Rebels is too soon, and it's within the Disney canon for them to really be messing with that stuff, I would think. I would so think. I- I, I can almost assume that they're like in the next episode uh, that's out tomorrow. It's gonna just be like, oh, the Grand Inquisitor's recovering in the back to tank or yeah, something. Yeah, like it's gonna yeah. be something along those those lines. Yeah. Like, he'll be Pal- fine. Palpatine's throwing some cogs and gears into him, and and uh, he's just gotta like settle he'll for be- a little while. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, but petri dish. But, but to go back to like what I was saying, like I loved it. Um, I love that it's about Leia. <laughs> <laughs> and not Luke because it also adds a lot more to the sequel trilogy because like one of the things is like why would she name her kid Ben? I like, don't I I don't know if we'll see Leia again though. I think she might just have been for that episode. Well, they're That's they're true. on the ship but they don't know where they're going. Yeah. Oh, well, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those things that's like it it shows like why Kenobi was important to Leia, why she would name her son Ben. Like it adds more to the sequel trilogy. Yes. It said Padme writes. Padme writes. When, when Obi-Wan is just like you remind me of someone and she and she was brave and fierce. And that little actress that plays Leia is Oh, perfect. she's got the body language of Carrie Fisher and Padme. And you know? Anakin. She's so much like Anakin, too. Like well, She that's, has that's, all three of them. That's funny that you say that because I didn't even think of that. But, like, what a lot of people are are crying about is she's... Uh, I'd throw her out the airlock. She's the, she's obnoxious. Oh, my... She's course. a fucking 10-year-old girl. That's how 10-year-old girls... Well, I, I was celebrating it because I was, like, finally... Like, usually when they write, like, 10-year-old... And and the actress looks younger than ten, so she looks even. It makes her even seem more precocious. But they they'll like write precocious ten year olds and make them like adults, you know. So to to where they're like is they they're they're very smart and well spoken, and they're they're oftentimes more competent adults because it's also also often aimed at little kids who want to see the adults look like idiots. But her, she's precocious. She, but she's also got a layer of she's been royalty for 10 years and she's a 10 year old kid. So she's alternatingly like, oh, this kid's really smart. And then like, oh, she's a liability because she's just like, gonna. Uh, that's the Anakin. Like, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, she just like will walk nose first into what, I, you know, just like, come on, I don't danger. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> It'll be fine. And uh it's it it's frustrating in the way that like a real little kid would be frustrating where you're just like just do what I'm saying please <laughs> yeah yeah I I was around that's kids how it really week. is like yeah. if you if you feel that like you've never been around a fucking child in your life because that was point like exactly how yeah. kids are like I was around my five year old niece and she was sassing me all weekend yep. long. Like that is exactly how they are, yes. and it's and 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 like like especially because if you want to think about this in canon, both of her parents are fucking spies. You don't think that they would teach her stranger danger? To, to they're, some, they're both yeah. secret rebels. You don't think well, they would that's teach right. daughter stranger danger? That's right. Yeah. 
yeah, but but at the at the same time, she also like she's also like I remember being ten years old. Nobody could tell you anything because you knew what was going on, you know. Not like the rest of those dupe grown ups with their stupid grown up stuff. But like, yeah, I like that aspect of it. I like I thought the act everybody brought their A game acting. Yeah, it, the, people the people thing, are of course griping about Riva, but I she was oh, fine. Oh, I, I'm so glad you said that, and I and I want to make a statement because I am so happy that whoever is running the Star Wars account on Twitter is finally speaking up against racists. And I just want to say, if you come to if you have a problem with Moses Ingram, we don't do not tolerate racists on this podcast. You can unsubscribe from us right now. Well, I mean, like people were like, well, you know, I no, no, she's acting. That, no, no. But she was fine. At, like, but that's, acting but that's, wise, a, she was, that's a fucking like, dog whistle because people tend to have right. trouble with like all the black and brown women or the black and brown characters. And you might need to check your racism because well, that was not going to, that no, that's not going to be tolerated on this podcast. I will not stand for it. You can unsubscribe from us right now. Get off my podcast. And that's okay. I'm sorry. But like, I've been dealing <laughs> with those assholes all day long. And I am not here for it. But I will say it's made it really easy to figure out who to block on Twitter because everybody's like, well, I guess criticism is is uh, a cri- is like racist now. And I'm like, well, no, but when you're using it as a fucking dog whistle, yes, it has undertones of racism. Figure it out yourself. Well, the, 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 the thing about it is I think this time around they don't have as strong. I, I think there's a lot of people, and I think since The Mandalorian – there's a lot of people who have like, you know, cooled their jets, maybe grown up a few years, you know, a few years have passed and they've matured a little bit. And like, that's the thing about like Reva's performances. Like, I don't see anything that isn't consistent with any Star Wars character. I didn't see her being like, uh, you know, a, a awkward actress or whatever. You know, I mean, we're going to have Hayden Christensen in this, who's had some of the most awkward. I, I'm sure he's going to have some better dialogue to work with this time, though. So that it should that should be really interesting. But like I, I, I noted that what you said, Twitter, I'm not on Twitter, but uh, um, I'm on Facebook and Star Wars. The official Star Wars page on Facebook did a similar. It was probably the same post. And I saw a lot of people like way to cut off, you know, this is just a way preemptive way to, you know, but the amount of people that are saying that was a lot less than in, in past years, you know, or with, um, or, but you know, and it's the TV shows, it's not the movies. So maybe it attracts us people. And there was, there was more, there was, I mean, people were just like, like one guy was like, I just have a problem with all the females in the story being the most, you know, the, it's a, you know, they load it with females and it's all, they're the most powerful characters and all the male characters are weak. And it's like, well, Obi-Wan's crushed with PTSD. The last thing he did as a Jedi was basically think, he thinks murder his best friend, his brother. And, you know, so, okay, maybe you don't understand emotions, but yeah, he'd be a little messed up and maybe not into the whole thing. But as far as like filling it full of female characters and making them over overpowered, like Riva is powerful, but she might, she's not presented as the most powerful inquisitor. No. Just the most, um, the just the most she sneakiest. The, she's just the sneakiest. Yeah. The only and, reason she got the grand inquisitor. Cause she, she like surprised she's him. 
caught him at the at, at the last second and and um in general the 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 inquisitors just like in in rebels are presented as being scary but pretty incompetent <laughs> in general and uh um which i think is you know is fits with just their existence as we as discussed in rebels but like yeah you know I mean, and who are the other female characters? It's it's Leia's mother who gets a scene to just sort of, you know, tell tell Leia. I'm some so glad that we got the Organas. And and then the other character is Leia, who is not is one of the least powerful. She's a little kid, you know, that you throw a sack over her head and uh, and and throw her in your ship, you know, and take her to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. <laughs> Doesn't do, he look like Michael Rooker? If Michael Rooker was like a crack addict, I, I was like, "Is oh. that Michael Rooker?" No. And then I'm like, "Who is that? Why does he look familiar?" And then I saw in the credits it was Flea, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's Flea." I do want to say um, two more things before I move on um, that I really loved. Um, I really loved this scene because the, the scene that reminded me of like Leia, like being a lot like Anakin is when she's telling Obi-Wan about her droid and you can see like Obi-Wan's face of just like, Oh my God, she is Anakin's child. <laughs> when she's talking about the droid having feelings and stuff. And like, that was a nice moment. And then Tamara Morrison as the clone in the game. Yes. Yes. Oh, that scene gave me chills. That scene, and then the the haunted look on Ewan's face, like that scene gave me chills. Well, Ewan going like, "Is this guy gonna?" You know, you everybody like that. I gotta watch it again because I forgot about that scene. And and like, there's just this long moment where you're waiting for him to go, Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> you know, and and Obi Wan's waiting for it too. It's yeah, it's it's there's some. My my only oh wait you had another point I'll let you finish oh, oh no oh no the first one was uh, Leia in the droid oh. reminding um but I I also want to toss out that I really loved uh, Kamal Nanjiani's character of like pretending to be a Jedi and he was a con man I really liked that character <laughs> and just like like Obi Wan just being like oh yeah you're a powerful Jedi with your yeah. magnets <laughs> yeah but I like that he was like he he was still he was like I'm trying to keep the magic alive even though he's full of shit but he was I, and i like that too like he was actually helping people while taking yeah. their credits but he was helping people and i and i like that kind of great character he he reminded me a lot of ways of like hondo like, yeah, yeah yeah like later hondo not like child murdering yeah. hondo but like later hondo opportunist the galaxy very much so or like visago yeah uh what were you gonna say my only other my only other note i want to add is uh i i was a little um i think and it's it's a pro I, I think they the the music com, the the music isn't bad for the show but it's it's weird because they had you know john williams wrote an obi-wan theme and they obviously there's obvious parts where if i think they had a name of somebody else who adapted took the john williams music and you know, he wrote the Obi Wan theme and some stuff around it, and then somebody took that it and, would be, I think, and I think wrote it is... as to go along with the action in the movie. But it still sounds like John, like John Williams' orchestral music is almost invisible, but it's working your emotions. And there's there's like three or four sequences in the two episodes 
where it has full Star Wars music, like cinematic Star Wars music. And then the other music for it is very TV cinematic music. Lots, lots of just rhythmic dum 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 well, dum 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 dum. Well, um, it's, uh, it's Natalie Holt, and she did the music for Loki. Right, right. And it's very much like Loki. It has a lot of the sort of like Celtic violins when when you're on um, Alderaan. You know, she wrote music for Alderaan. But it's it's very sort of, you know, you write thematic, repetitive thing that you write because they they're you're not timing it to the to the action because that's painstaking that's something you can you know you can't do that for that much you could but it would be so expensive and time consuming that it wouldn't be worth it but i almost wish they'd gotten like kiner for it because he does more of an approximation of the john williams music and it would be more consistent because it like i and and i'm a little like more aware of it because i'm like always listening to the music and using it in the show and stuff and paying attention to what it sounds like. And it was, it was, it was taking me out of it a little bit when it would go, when it would go from one composer to another, you know what I mean? And one style, one style from one to another, but at the same time, it's a TV show. You're going to have the limitation. And sometimes the, like, especially the stuff concerning Obi-Wan was more the, the higher, the higher price the actor is also it seemed like the higher price of production of those scenes were, you know, and maybe like a, a lot of there, there seemed to be a lot of like B unit shots. So we're, it would, sometimes it would be like, feel like TV and sometimes it would feel like a movie, but that's, that's a, I, you know, I'm sort of stretching it out, but that's a minor quibble, but otherwise yeah. I'm really looking forward to the rest of it. Me too. Me too. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so celebration news. Yes. Okay, so everybody knows. Um, I'm not gonna. There was all so much news, and like I said, everybody I'm very, knows. I know, I know. But like, uh, if so, if I miss something, like <laughs> everybody, everybody knows. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, I'm super exhausted from driving back from Florida and my weekend trip. <laughs> So if I miss something, I'm sorry. I think I got all the big stuff. But we are not going to cover the publishing and the comic news. Um, because there's a ton of that as well. Except for one thing. And the only reason I'm going to cover one thing is because A, I love it. And it's my podcast, I can. Um, and B, it kind of leads into um, one of the shows announced. And that's the only reason why we're doing it. So we, I put this in order of things that are kind of relevant to our show. So I saved, or I saved kind of like the bigger stuff for last. So, you ready? I'm ready. So I put in this first one because me and, uh, Chris, I was about to call you Bill. Wow. Wow, I was about to call uh, you Bill. Bill. Oh, no. Um, me and Chris had done a commentary over this over back in December, and it was our first time watching it. And now it's under Lucasfilm and all that. So what did you think about the sh the trailer for The Willow Show? Well, I knew that it was coming out, but I sort of forgot about it. So when I saw the trailer, the first thing I saw was hoping I should talk about this because now we're officially a Willow podcast, too. Yay! And uh, um, it didn't 
you know, it was just giving you a little taste of it. But like, how can you go wrong? Warwick Davis is a is a good actor. He's still like, he's it's it's not like Harrison Ford in the new. In, well, I don't know what Harrison Ford's going to be like in the new Indiana Jones, they, but they, he's not like seventy five years old. Yeah, and they did show the first like teaser for Indiana Jones, like uh, like concept art. Um, I care little. I've never seen Indiana Jones, so I had no fucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but uh, um, I'm kind of psyched for. It. I'm wondering if they're gonna get. I I haven't been reading much about it. I've decided like I just don't like being a fan anymore. I just like in it being like I like. <laughs> I I mean I'll be a, I, I'm a fan. But that like, okay, gotta like keep up on what's going on with the production of this and what's coming out and stuff. There's so much stuff coming out that I almost like this all was brought on by the new. I, I don't know if you ever watched Kids in the Hall. You might have been too young. It, Kids in the Hall just fit this niche of time when it came out that like it really like hit Generation X, which was a tiny generation of people. So it's like. Generation X intensely loves kids in the hall because they're great. They're hilarious. And uh, they just put out after, I think, 30 years or something like that, a new season of kids in the hall as if they never stopped making it. And it's fantastic. It's great. It's just as good as their other stuff. Maybe a little better because they've gotten better at writing and stuff. But uh, and, and it's super rude and in the way that they were in a Canadian way. And uh, and I was thinking, I had no I had no idea this was happening. And all of a sudden, it's like I hear people talking about it. And I'm like, what's this now? And then all of a sudden, I see that it was a Netflix show. So they dropped the whole season of it. And I'm like, oh, I can go watch this right now. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. So I was just like, I think I like this. <laughs> I think I don't, uh, you know, no, I'm obviously with a podcast like this, I'm never going to get away with not knowing what's coming up with Star Wars, which is okay, but I'm not going to pay a lot of attention to it till it happens, I think, because I think it's just going to be more fun for me. I, um, I, I got really emotional seeing, uh, Warwick Davis, like with the staff, because like we we yeah. never really got to see him do much magic in the movie, but to like see him like just wave his hand and the staff starts to glow, I was just like, yeah. Oh, he's he's Billy Barty now, like he's the Billy Barty character, and I forgot all about that, and I'm like, oh yeah, but he's gonna be like, he's probably gonna know some magic, and he's also probably gonna do some like you know flim flam too. It's gonna it, uh, um. I wonder if Val Kilmer is going to be in it at all. I, oh, I feel like, oh gosh, I feel like I saw, um, I, 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 on a stream briefly, they said that, like, they, like, nobody else could play that role but, but Val. Um, but oh my gosh, I did, I was in and out of the streams on my weekend, so I actually don't know for sure. Um, the other thing I'm actually really excited for is the, the supporting cast, like Erin Kellyman, who was in Ness, is in it, and I like I love her as an actress. Like everything I've seen her in, I've really liked her. So um, I'm just I'm excited for the Willow show. Like it's yeah, it's like it's like the um um oh what was the Muppet the Henson one the Dark Crystal show, 
Like that, there was a puppet. I too like the sea monster looks very puppety. Yes. And I was like, look at it. Look at that practical but, effect. But um, yeah, you know, both of those movies, like a TV show, isn't really exploitative of it. It is, but it was meant. Both of those were meant to be exploited. They both, you know, Willow and the Dark Crystal, both sort of world built and then left. A, a world there that was only explored in one movie and willow even more so than the dark crystal um the dark crystal had to work backwards with its story and go into the past whereas willow has a whole open future and a whole open world that we've only seen you know certain parts of so it's you know it's set up it's set up for um and it ha and it left lots of characters with unresolved fates or open fates so yeah. it was it was meant to be you know us you know potentially exploited further so yeah it's, yeah uh, I'm, I'm excited exploit for it. away yeah it's uh that's 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 a good one to make a tv series out of you know it and just... especially since so much of the cast is like you can just you know you can Warwick Davis is younger than me and you can just age them up it, you know, into their characters at this age and it doesn't, you know, belie having a story about them. Yeah. Especially with the, the girl who was, you know, you know, foretold to be a leader and all that. So a lot of stuff to do with that. I know. And I think that's my favorite thing is like, I'm glad it's a television show and not a movie. Because, well, for one, you guys know I just prefer television over movies anyway. But um, it just, it gives you a lot more time to to go through, like, the intricate details of the world. <laughs> and to really build it and explore it. So I, I'm most excited about that. Like, it just, it looks, yeah, it, it looks great. It has a, it has a vibe like the Dark Crystal show, which is like, it has the vibe of its original show. And it's just ripe for, for the plucking. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, you ready for the next one? Yes, I am. So it's our first little bit of animation. We're going to be talking about a lot of animation, you guys. Um, and it's Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. So it's another Lego short. Um, I'm going to read the summary right here. And the summary says, The all-new animated special premieres on August 5th. Uh, exclusively the Disney Plus with Weird Al Yankovic and Yvette Nicole Brown set to star with other returning cast members from the previous Lego Star Wars specials. Set shortly after the events of The Rise of Skywalker, this special finds Finn and his friends Ray, Poe, Rose, Chewie, BBA, R2D2, and C3PO looking to take a break from stormtroopers and TIE fighters aboard an, the, the ultra luxurious galactic star cruiser, the Halcyon. I'm going to pause here. I'm not surprised it's the Halcyon because that is the new hotel. And they have been promoting the fuck out of that. The Halcyon has its own comic miniseries right now. Well, I'm not yeah. surprised it's the Halcyon. The, the the hotel seems to be a matter of like, there's a lot of like complaint. Guess what? There's a lot of complaining about it, but it's not like Star Wars nerd complaining. It's people with that, that have the money to go stay at the Halcyon. So mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but the rest of the summary says, uh, but, Finn plan but Finn's plans to have one last hurrah together quickly goes awry when he is separated from the group. Uh, David Chain is the writer and executive producer. The director 
is Ken Cunningham, James Rock, who was the executive producer of Star Wars Visions, um, Josh Rhymes, Jackie Lopez, uh, Jackie Lopez, Jill Wilford, Keith Malone, and Jennifer Twinner McCon and Jason Colso stars are also ex- executive producers. Yeah. So it's another Lego special, and I really like these. These are always fun. I've really enjoyed them. They're the so fluffy, so you can't go wrong with them. You know what I'm and, saying? There's nothing yeah. you can't, they're, 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 they're not. They're so like meta and just, you know, I, th- these are the places where like the fan service type of stuff in, in all this stuff like belong. It's perfectly that's this is the place for it, you know, for throwing out e- a million Easter eggs and stuff. They're, it's fun in these, you know, because it's yeah, it's it it exists purely for fun it exists mm. purely for fluffy fun for for especially for little kids you know i don't know i'm a big kid and i've loved everyone oh yeah <laughs> um and the posters are like really cute Once they, they have had them. master shake as 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 a hot i'm yeah I'm yeah s- as an adult <laughs> the, the poster is really cute i like it um and the only thing uh, other thing that kind of came out of the panel was um, there's going to be a character from the Freemaker Adventures in it. And I just wanted to throw that out about how much I really want to one day cover the Freemaker Adventures on the show because I love it. <laughs> and I we'll just get thought, there. We'll go get there as, you know, 10 plus shows are coming out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, actually, but like, like the good thing is a chunk of those shows are going to be like Kenobi that are like only a few episodes and stuff. And so we'll have ones that we can just like, chomp right through you know mm-hmm. um but that's all i have really about the lego star wars i'm just i'm always excited i always like the lego shorts i think they're a lot of fun yeah um next and this is probably going to be quick because me and chris are not video game people but i know a lot of people are really excited for star wars jedi survivor it is the sequel to fallen order I'll watch a playthrough of it when it comes out. I the I enjoyed the, like the play. Th- I don't like watching playthroughs, but I was like, I gotta check out a, a, just to see what Fallen Order is like, you know, because it's Star Wars, and I watched the whole thing, you know, somebody play yeah. through it with all the scenes and stuff. So I'll I'll watch this like a movie when it comes out. Yeah, and the the thing that I find interesting about this is it takes place five years after the first game, which makes it concurrent with the Kenobi show. Oh, and so it makes me wonder. I, I doubt that we'll see like Cal in the group in the Kenobi show, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's something from the Kenobi show that shows up in the game. Inquisitors for sure. Did that, yeah, that like one maybe maybe Reva is gonna be in the game or something because yeah. Trilla is sadly not with us anymore. Um, so yeah, I I, did, I think that's the most interesting thing that, like I said, I haven't played it. I think it's cool. Um, but that to me is like the thing that I took out of it is it's going to be in the same timeline as Kenobi. So, anything else for Jedi Survivor? No. Okay, I want to talk about my stuff. So okay, so this is the one publishing thing I want to talk about. There was so and things that are important important to Hope and Charles our listener, Charles, who is also my fellow High Republic nerd. By the way, Charles, honey, I saw that you got sick, and I hope you feel better. So, <laughs> he got the con crud. So, I'd be feeling better, babe. Um, there's so much High Republic news. 
oh my god and all like all the creators of the high republic were super lovely there was so much cosplay i'm so happy to see that like this is really taking off in the fandom it's being well received it's really loved um they announced like so much like of a lot of the covers in the comic cover covers in the books for phase two that were already announced but we got to see a lot of the covers for it we got to see character artwork for some of it um and the two that i'm actually like really excited for is the high republic art book i really want it and also chronicles of the jedi which is like an illustrated version of the high republic super excited for that and so I'm I, I am very excited for phase two to start in October. I'm here for it. Um and, and the Porter Ingle comic. I really want the to read the Porter Porter Ingle comic because Porter is really awesome. But the reason I wanted to at least mention the High Republic because of our next bit of animation news. Let me open the link. Boop doop boop boop boop. There we go. Um, the next animation news that we got is a young kids series. It is specifically for Disney Channel and Disney Junior. So it's being made for like little kids, but it's a High Republic animated show. Um, and I'm and so like I'm really excited to have a show set in the High Republic to get the visuals from it. But let me read the uh, let me read the summary. So the summary of Young Jedi Adventures is. Young Jedi Adventures takes place during the High Republic era and features a group of young Jedi going on adventures together under the guidance of Yoda. The show is intended to introduce young children to the Star Wars universe and teach them values like compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, empathy, friendship, and optimism, as well as the ability to learn from mistakes. Though it's geared towards young children, it will still include lightsaber battles and other staples of the Star Wars universe. Um, so I'm personally really excited for this because I just, I don't care if it's for like four year olds. I just want to watch the High Republic I'm very, cu- I'm very curious to see what a show for four year olds would be like. So I'll watch it. And, and like, and depending on how it, well it is, like, I, I'm really excited, especially because like one of the writers is Mia Rosella, who worked on The Ghost of Molly McGee, which is a really cute show and a really good show on Disney. Um, so I highly introduce, I highly, highly support that. And um, Mia, who I should say is non-binary, so they them pronouns, please, um, has been endorsed by Bob Roth. Bob Roth is the, the one of the writers on Freemakers Adventures, and he's worked with them. And she actually left Ghost and Molly McGee, who, which Bob Roth show runs, to work on this show. So I'm familiar with their work, and they are a good writer, and that makes me really excited. Um, the one thing I would love to see because it's High Republic, even though it's like taught by Yoda, I would love to see cameos of other characters, especially some of the other teacher characters. So if Cantum Psy, Torben Buck, or Regald Cole showed up, I will lose my fucking mind because what I about love Joe Camel. He might too, because Tara Sanube is alive in that era. Um, so we might see a young Tara Sanube as well. But, like, I love Regald Cole. Regald Cole feels like a character made for this, and we know specifically he was a youngling teacher. Like, Hantum and Buckets of Blood both work more with the Padawans, but Regald was specifically a youngling t- teacher. So he is, like, made for this era, and he is a very funny character. He's a joking character. He's, and, like, he, for everybody who doesn't know, Regald is a character... And he just talks in puns. And he's so fucking funny. Because all the other Jedi hate him. Because all he does is talk in puns. And like, But that's so made for a kid's show. 
And he would just be a really good side character to be there with Yoda. So I would love to see Regald. But if, like, Cantum and Buckets showed up, I would lose my fucking mind. Because <laughs> I want to see Cantum Psy animated, and because they are my baby, and I love them. And Torben Buck is, like, essentially a giant cartoon character, because he's a sweet... He's a sweet baby, and I love them all. So I'm actually really excited for this kid show. <laughs> I don't care if it's been four year olds. I'm gonna watch the fuck out of it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you for letting me gush about Young Jedi. That just like all we got was the title card. Like we got like no pictures. We got no trailer. So all we know is the title card and the and the recap. So that's my speculation. Is I want to see Cantum buckets and Regold. So anything else? No. Mm. All right. I wish I could have seen a trailer. That would have been cool. Oh, yeah. So that was an ongoing theme of the weekend, which is they didn't stream most of the trailers. And they didn't, like, most at the time of this recording, most of the trailers haven't been released yet. Like, we haven't seen the Mando trailer. We don't have the Ahsoka trailer. We don't have... Um, the Tales of the Jedi stuff. So did, did this have a trailer? They just haven't put it out to the public they, yet? They just have the title card. They didn't have any oh, images okay. for it. So, yeah. um, it's probably yeah, still in the process. always a cell phone image. I saw some, I saw the, like, you know, lengthen the longer, uh... Bad Batch one. Bad Batch and, one. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, did you happen to see the longer Ahsoka or, um, Mando one? No, I didn't. Those I, are... I, I, those I are suddenly regular... very difficult. Yeah, those are suddenly very hard to find because I I saw both of them once and I've yet to see them again because Disney has been very quick to rip down the the Ahsoka and the Mando stuff. Yeah, it's okay. They'll be on there. They'll get the. See, that's where I'm. I'm just like they'll they shall be released eventually. Yeah, but uh, I have thing. I have so many things to watch. Well, I'll watch okay, them when they come. Because that was a big gripe of celebration this year, not just. He- outside the con of like normal people who didn't go but in the con as well because usually they stream panels and trailers for people who can't make it into the panel room and they didn't even do that this year so people at the convention were fucking pissed because they paid for it you know they paid to like because they have like these big like screens where you can like watch the the panels if you don't make it into the room and they didn't do that this year and then on the flip side the people who were at home didn't like barely got to see anything in, you know, in the middle of a fucking pandemic <laughs> when it's not safe for people to go. So it was just like a lot of people both at the con and not at the con are really upset with how celebration was handled this year. And, and so I, I hope this is fixed because we are talking about things that we don't know anything about. So, uh, next one, this one, this next one sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, is this animated or is this live action? I believe it's live action. Okay. So the next one is Skeleton Crew, and we don't know a lot about it. Um, For the longest time, it was called, its uh, working title was Grammar Rodeo. And so a lot of people didn't know what Grammar Rodeo was, and now we know. Um, So Skeleton Crew um, is being showrun by John Watts and Chris Ward, and they took the stage to talk about their new project. And they said that this is a show that we've been working on for a really long time. It's a story about a group of kids about 10 years old 
from a tiny little planet who accidentally get lost in the Star Wars galaxy, and it's the story of their journey trying to get back the, to find their way back home. But they promise it's not a kids show. It's just Why a show about. Why do you have to promise kids. that? I feel bad that they have to promise that. You know. I, I, no, no. I I feel like because the under, misunderstanding would be like, oh, it's about a group of kids. But I think it's more like Stranger Thing, which is yeah, it's about a group of kids, but it's not for kids. You or know, PG thirteen. Yeah, um, and it's set after Return of the Jedi, close to the timeline of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka, and it's and it also was revealed that stars Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law's a good actor. Yeah, so my feelings about this is, I I feel like it might be more in the vein of like if if Stranger Things or Goonies or something like that, where it's like more PG thirteen, like you said. Um, and I and I think it's a really cool take on it. I think that's a really interesting twist. And I would almost want Jude Law to be the villain. I'm get I'm guessing he would be because he would be a really good villain. He's a he's a smoothie. He would be a good Thrawn, actually. Ooh. Right. He would be an expensive Thrawn, but he would be he a would good be a Thrawn. very expensive Thrawn. <laughs> but he's got that. He's got that. Fa- that like you could slap some makeup on him or make him uh you know the basis for a little cgi but he could yeah he's jeremy irons would be good too yeah he's, he's I, um, old but like just as a basis but i i think the show sounds interesting um yeah they have no, this some... and, and two, tw- it's gonna be tw- we're already halfway through 2022 so <laughs> i forgot to send you the um Star Wars. I forgot to send you that. No, stop it. Hold on. Hope can't talk and type at the same time. Star Star Wars. Um, I forgot to send you the um concept art of it. So they have some concept art, and it's really cool. I'm gonna open this up so I can send it to you. I'm gonna shoot it to you in the Skype chat just so you know where it is. All right. Um, if I could post paste. Are you not pasting? Hold on. Hold on. We're hope is having technical difficulties. There we go. I actually I'll just send you. No, I'll just send you the fuck. I mean, page. it's got to be deep into production if it's coming out in tw- they, they you know, they had to have done all the pre-production and have to be like ready to start there filming. There you go. That's the um concept art. Um and so I kind of hope there's more aliens. It looks um, like it looks like ET. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think it's a really interesting Ship. So I, I almost want to think like if this is a group of kids, um, like maybe they steal a ship, and the reason they're the skeleton skeleton crew is that they're like there's only like four of them on this big massive fucking ship. Yeah. Or maybe like they're coaxed there by Jude Law, and they're trying to get away from him. Or maybe like he's the happy pirate like pirate that's helping them. I don't know. I I think it's an interesting concept. I just don't know how much that. I personally want this kind of story, but I kind of like the idea of like a stranger things goonies like pg-13 kids story that's like not for kids i do really dig that idea i'm really into uh, because uh, on its surface there's not much to it like yeah yeah it's like we're not getting the pitch that they put in the in the because as a pitch it's like okay so okay (laughs) what's the tone what's this what's that so it makes me think they've got idea, you know, somebody had, the, there's an idea behind it. You know, uh, you know, somebody had like some, and I'm, I'm more, um, 
I get a little more excited over the stuff that's just sort of off the beaten trail a little bit or doesn't seem like it's much going on with it, you know? This feels like it could definitely be that. It could, yeah, exactly. I I have a I have a good feeling about this one, so I'm sort of interested now, without even knowing much of it. And the fact that it's in the timeline of Mando and Ahsoka, the the only thing that scares me about that is like so much lately, the shows have been very cameo heavy. So I'm just like, oh, are we gonna run into Grogu? Are we gonna run into Ahsoka? Are we gonna like run into these characters, or is this going to be a show where I, I feel like this would be a really good show to show the time period? Of like, um, like the sequel trilogy time period, build more of that world. Um, I, I'm sad because it's nowhere even close to the Resistance time period, and poor Resistance got barely a nod over the weekend, which always breaks my heart. Um, but yeah, I just I, that that's my only concern is being in the Mandalorian and Saga time period is like, are we? Is it going to be cameo town again? Which is a yeah. concern I have. We'll see. We'll see. I have a feeling there's an algorithm that tells them just how many crossovers and cameos work based on Marvel movies or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that that keep that will bring the most people into a new show and stuff. But you know, I mean, if they're gonna put out this these many shows, this many shows, I'm sure the brass at the top is trying to find strategies to keep people. You know. You know, if you put Grogu in it, you're going to pull some Mandalorian, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I, I, I would almost want to see... Part of the medium, kind of. I actually, I wouldn't, I, I can't remember his name, but the, um, you know, the, like, the rebel X-Wing pilot that Jen keeps running in on? He has, like, the beard. Um, yes. I, I think he could be a fun character that, like, if they run into him. Like, that's a cameo I wouldn't mind, because right, it's a right. minor character. But if it's, like... Din and Grogu, then then it's the Din and Grogu show, you know, and like that. There's a difference in that. Like, I I wouldn't mind it being something like, or like if we run into like you know um the crew that Din used to run run with, like the Twi'lek and like Bill Burr's yeah. character, and that that, like, that would be, would be yeah. fine. Yeah. So, but that's all I have for skeleton gritty. You have anything else? Because I really want to talk about something that we both love. Okay. So. There was actually a, like a couple things that came out about one of my favorite things that we covered. And I was so sad that we only did it for three weeks. But you guys know how much we love Star Wars Visions on this show. And they can like season two was already announced and we didn't get much more information, but we got some. So a few things. Um, I just wanted to mention that at the panel had Christopher Sean and Bobby Moynihan. So Kaz and Orca on stage because they were both in Visions. And I just love that Resistance people are like getting a shout out and it made me happy. Um, But the first tiny bit of news that came out first was there is a Visions comic coming. Which I got really excited about. And it's being treated as a new story. And the the new story is like an unseen episode, but it is not an adaptation, which makes me really excited. I'm wondering if they're going to be taking characters from the first season and like just giving them like more story. Like if there's another Dan is and Tasha, manga, we don't know. That's all we know is that it's a comic and it's a new story and it's being treated as an uh, as an unseen episode. And it's not an adaptation. It, it is by Marvel Comics. It's going to be by Marvel. Yeah. So that's all we know about the comic. And but if like if we get another story of like Dan and Tajin 
or Lop and Ocho. Like, I'm going to cry. A lot like, of I, them were set up for sequels. So, like, they're probably like, look, it's probably going to be a couple more years before we could, well, we can do another. They might have plans for all different kinds of things with, you know, maybe someday we'll get a Visions. It's all claymation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but like, I think it'd be really fun for the comic um, if like each issue is like touching back on like one of the stories that was covered. So like issue one is the duel, issue two is tattooing Weft Rhapsody, issue three, and it's like just another story, like a little one shot story with all of them. I would love that, especially like that would just be so much fun to like. It would make the most sense because if they don't, if they don't do it based on any of the actual episodes of Visions then they have to make it into a manga. Otherwise, what is it? You know, it's just, you know. Well, it's interesting that you asked that because they also had a panel about season two. And what's interesting about season two, like we didn't see any footage, we didn't see any images, but season two is going to be from animation studios all over the world. And the, uh, StarWars.com wrote, while not much yet is revealed yet, the second volume will bring together new stories from creative teams in Japan, India, UK, Ireland, Spain, Chile, France, South Africa, and California. It's going to be a celebration of incredible animation happening all around the gro- globe. That's I'm, awesome. <laughs> I'm, 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 I wish they, they sort of like bloom, sort of went all over the world there. They're missing two. One one is sort of like Czechoslovakia, Russia. That area of the world has a very long history of great animation and very like you know specific. they wouldn't be touching that with a certain war right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you could go to Czechoslovakia or something like that. There's other countries. Czechoslovakia is not a country. The Czech Republic or whatever. You can go into that area and probably find some great classic animators in that part of Europe that were, you know, and that like some of them had very traditional styles like shadow puppet sort of stuff. I mean, Russia's famous for like they pumped a lot of money into their their um, arts and movies. And so there were a lot of like art film, art animations and very, you know, stuff that wouldn't be necessarily commercial that ended up being really good. And the other one is Canada. Canada is one of the greatest, has produced some of the greatest animation ever because of the National Film Board of Canada. Like in the 70s and the 80s, every Oscar was just like the animation part of it was dominated by the National Film Board of Canada and like a lot of the short films that are people's favorite short films came out of out of that so I would have I would have loved to seen something like that yeah I mean um yeah I, but, but the thing is you is know like, there's they could keep doing more seasons of it too it's a show so and the, the other <laughs> thing is is like I've seen a lot of Canadian animation I have not seen animation from South Africa. I've not seen animation from Chile or Spain. So I, I like that's what excites me as an animation fan is getting to see animation, um, right. not just how other cultures interpret Star Wars because we know how Canada does it. They did the droids and Ewok cartoons. They've been like they've done it, but like I haven't seen these other cultures do a Star Wars. 
And I think like that's what that's what's most exciting for me about this is and don't get me wrong, I I still will always think that anime and Star Wars go hand in hand. So I'm happy we're getting another one from Japan. But like it's I I, I it want might not to be see... anime style. That's all that you know. They might do one with some other. Have yeah. you seen Love, Death, and Robots yet, or any? Not of those? yet. It's not yet. Very... I know. The, the story story wise, some of them are better than others. Some of them are really good. Some of them are like none of them are like bad, but the animation in all of them is always very. It's very. It reminded me a lot of Visions with a lot of like hybrid styles and stuff like that, you know, and and neat moods and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I I I if they're gonna keep doing Star Wars Visions, you can't go wrong because it's like. The the format of it is I don't have to like every one of them, you know they're uh, they're all going to be different and that it, so it's just like a grab bag, you know you don't know what you're going to get. It's very interesting, you know. Yeah, like and I want to always... see what a Star Wars from India looks like. That sounds yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that stands out is like why California? Like we've why why because we get that all the time unless Who they're letting it? like is, unless they're letting like. It? You know, it could be somebody great. It could know? be Cal Arts. If it's Cal Arts, oh my god, I will right. I will it, laugh because it could, it could be an animator or it could be it's California, so it's it could be yeah, a no, famous animator, reason, or it could be reason, a famous house. The reason I would laugh if it's Cal Arts is because Cal Arts is becoming like get I, I don't want to say it's getting a bad rap, it's, but it's becoming like the cheap way out to be like oh this sucks because it's cal arts because it's, it's like the great that because that's gravity falls it's amphibia it's uh star versus the forces of evil it's steven universe and but that's because all these people went to school together so like all those creators look kind of the same but can you imagine like an alex hirsch fucking like star wars sure. <laughs> but like in the cal art style like if yeah. it's someone like matt braley or dana terrace or alex hirsch i would die it would be yeah. so because i want that i want a noel stevenson um i'm sorry an indy stevenson i forgot uh they changed their name an indy stevenson um or rebecca sugar like star wars like that's what i want <laughs> i would love to see because indy stevenson did that boba fett finnick shan jingo fett with a zam comic and it was heartbreakingly emotional and it was just a comic i'm like yes can i can can indy please like do a full star wars show i would love to watch their star wars show like that would be amazing so like so i'm like really excited for visions because as an animation fan like i just i always want to see something different in star wars and it's going to be so different yeah every, everyone is going to be different so yeah and i watch a lot of like short like now that cg is is you know more readily accessible to people there's tons of like science fiction shorts and stuff that people some of them are little like film houses and some of them are just people that'll do like a you know seven to ten fifteen minute short sometimes and i always watch them just to like most of them are kind of crappy because you know that's just the way art goes but sometimes you see some really neat nuggets but stuff like uh visions is through more of a filter you know so and yeah and so yeah i'm i'm yeah even if they're even if they're all i don't like all of them it does it won't matter because there'll be another it probably be another round of them too and hey i'd rather see i'd rather see experiments that don't work than no experiments at all 
exactly that's how as I long as they just don't give up experimenting which it doesn't seem like it seems like they are you know they're they're not like playing it totally safe i i feel they're like not the, going the crazy big, either but <laughs> yeah i feel like the smaller stuff's a little bit more experimental while the bigger stuff's a little yeah, safer that but makes, that makes that's sense. very that's that, very corporate place you know yeah i'm not surprised by that like that Something like Mando is a little bit safer than something yeah. like Resistance. We we need two or th two or three, th at least two things that are really popular going on, and then we can play around with all the other things the and give them stuff, a little yeah. bit of, give them a little bit of slack, you know, and maybe let one go a little longer than we would have if it was, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for Visions, and I want to see what the comic looks like, but. Um, are, now we're getting into the big stuff. So do you have anything about the little stuff we've talked about so far? No. So let's get into the show that I, well, the, I should say the live action show I'm looking the most forward to. What did you think of the Andor trailer? Well, you know me, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I was like, eh. You know, they didn't really need to make a show about this, but I'm not going to... I really didn't pay attention to it at all because, like, one of my quibbles with with the, with the, the movie he comes from is that he, his character... You get a... You, you, it's the same with all of them. You really get a t just a taste of the characters who are obviously, you know, long-term characters and they're just in one movie so you know you you're you're missing a lot about, about them to where they die at the end to where there's only so much you know about them and care about them and you sort of know they're doomed anyway and all that and uh hope doesn't agree with that hope things were grown as a perfect movie and it's great continue i know i know <laughs> and uh I'm, I'm just now noticing how great his name is he has sort of a questionable name and or and uh and, and just by looking at it on the notes here but i was just sort of like okay you know this was one i was like okay this wouldn't be my idea for a show we'll see when when the trailer hits well the trailer uh, now i'm now i'm kind of excited because the trailer is 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 fairly cassian andor free which Whatever. I mean, he's obviously going to be the main character in it, and I sort of I, know I the idea of, the little, of what. I, I think some of the little kids are supposed to be like younger him, so I wouldn't be surprised if like some of the, like, if it the takes younger shows. Place in in other in, throughout. Well, they said that like that, that like you were saying they're 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 it, like in the first twelve episodes they're going to be like. Oh, let me let me read that Real right fast before we just yeah. yeah let me let me read this right fast before we talk about it um show creator tony gilroy said we're going to rewind five years back from rogue one and we've done 12 episodes those 12 episodes that we shot that will show this fall will take us one year closer and then gilroy explains we're going to come right back starting and start shooting again in november another 12 episodes and those 12 episodes will be will cover the next four years and walk audiences straight into rogue one so we'll get some we'll get some flashbacks probably of and when he was younger. The, the other thing I forgot to put on here, there's there's two things that uh, one I forgot to put and the other one is here. Um, the first thing is all the panelists talked about how it will make you rethink everything we know, and the other thing was from Diego Luna himself, and he said 
that at the start of the show, Cassian will be unrecognizable because he is not the person he is in Rogue One. Right, right, right. So we're getting so we're it's a little bit like Episode One with Anakin, and it's a little bit, I think, going to be like Clone Wars. Where I guess she said, did you like the trailer though? Clone Wars and Anakin. Yes, I did like the trailer a lot. Okay. Okay. But um, but um, so like he's a good actor, and if it's written well, they they will do an Anakin in Clone Wars where they take his character, and all of a sudden Rogue One is gonna feel a lot different when you watch it. It's gonna have a lot more charge to it when you watch it because you're gonna know him, right? Like, right up to that point, you know. And you're gonna have his life story and stuff. So it'll have a lot. It'll it'll add a lot of resonance, like Clone Wars did with the the uh, the the prequel trilogy. But what got me, but and all that, I sort of that's what I sort of assumed the show would be about anyway. And showing the you know the the earliest iterations of the rebellion. But but which okay, you know whatever that that idea is pretty straightforward. But what got me interested was the visual style of it. The visuals of it are completely different than what we're getting. A lot of tattooing in deserts. We're getting a lot of stuff. This this like has there's almost a different style, which is more like Rogue One, which is very crisp and clean. So like the cities are very detailed and very cosmopolitan feeling like Coruscant and then re- and, and there's, rem- there's I was hoping you a lot could of nature me. and people living like in a jungle setting and um it but then the imperial an, an, stuff with the white you know with the like white outfits and white backgrounds and then the they're working on something that looks like THX 1138 with like everything being all white and everybody in their white suits with the little hats on and stuff and uh but it, it it looks completely different than all the star wars that's happening right now it has a totally different like vibe to it and i like it it looks it looks immersive it looks like it's gonna be it looks like it's gonna be a nice one of what it's like on the edges you know i'm sure he's going to end up going into cities and stuff but it's basically gonna be you know the French, you know, the French resistance, you know, a motley, it's basically going to be the, the motliest ends of the galaxy. And, but it's not like in the same way in the post wreckage version of the Mandalorian, it's in, it's in the still, you know, shiny, just start of the empire era. And it's got a whole different feel to it. I, I, yeah, now I'm. I, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, now I'm interested in this. This, this looks like at the very least, it's going to please my eye. You know, maybe you can help me because, like, when I watched the trailer, and it reminded me of a non-Star Wars movie, but I cannot yes. put my finger on it. Like, it has a feeling of another movie I've seen, and There's I cannot for the life of me. A lot of movies and a lot of the the beginning shot with the guy coming out and being like, ugh. Like that that and, feels kind of like Game of Thronesy to me. It was sort of Game of Thrones and video gamey. There was a lot of it because I think the composite of the city behind through him, you could tell it was shot on a green it had a like maybe not final <laughs> final 
rendering of of the green screen but it had a very video it felt like a video game to me and yes it felt like a fantasy you know story you know a sword and sorcery story with it but then you know you start seeing you know the other aspects of it and it goes it starts feeling more star warsy but it starts out feel there's there's other shots that are sort of like that too but i'm okay with that i yeah you know, I mean, okay, you know, I mean, that was one of the fun things about Clone Wars is like, okay, we're, we're in this genre a little bit, you know, here and, and, uh, yeah, it does. I mean, nothing, nothing of it is something that could exist outside of the Star Wars galaxy. We're not really, you know, we're, we're, I mean, it seems like it's people, you know, sounding a warning that the Imperials are coming or whatever. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to jump in. I want to jump in. I want to jump in. Can I jump in? Yeah, I don't. It's not Imperials. They're going to be fucking clone troopers because Cassian was a separatist as a child, and I think that I think that's why the panels were talking about how it's going to make you rethink everything you knew. Those were Republic ships. I think when yeah. we're seeing younger shots, I think this is that those younger shots are going to be young Cassian in the Clone Wars, and so it's the clones invading his planet because he was raised on a separatist planet. Yeah. We know in the the supporting materials that when he was a child, he would throw rocks at clone troopers. Well, you know and what? It's not going to blow our minds. And I, and I think that's <laughs> going to make it like really interesting to see these characters being the clones who we've always seen as good guys invading a world and like how it affects them and then the other so like i that's like i i think that'd be really interesting and fun is to see that side because i don't we haven't really seen that side except for a little bit in bad batch which was after the clone wars what happened to the separatist planet of raxus but we've never really seen a separatist planet being invaded by the good guys and i think that's really interesting because in turn that would make cassian not trust the empire and we even talked about that when we, i think it was our raxus episode of bad batch we talked about how some of the first people of the rebel alliance were separatists who were villains for like seven seasons of clone wars but they were some of the first rebels because yep. they pushed back against the empire because the republic gained the empire and i like that um well, even even when they're pushing if they're pushing back in the republic by that time it, it's because the they just knew they didn't know it but they were at odds with the, they basically just have been at odds with palpatine before everybody else was <laughs> that was against palpatine so they were just yeah. the, the, you know as soon as as soon as the 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 prequel bullshit started happening they were just like screw this yeah we're not like messing mm -hmm. messing around with this so so they were just on the right side from the the beginning, and it, and it will be interesting because, well, it it'll be in, it'll be all sorts of interesting because I think if you're familiar enough with clones like we are, where you watch like Clone Wars and you're like seeing the clones go from each side of the you know through the switch and and everything, and we've seen all the clones that have run away, we've seen variations on clones. And we've seen variations on people's perceptions of the clones and uh, like in Bad Batch now. And and so like seeing this where we will be watching it like possibly from the, the point of view of separatists and then see the clones coming and be able to still side with the separatists. I think that's like I think I think like 
Star Wars emotionally on the Star Wars emotional scale, we're 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 already we've already uh, crossed that barrier. I mean, I I like the idea of it. I like the idea of getting all the point of views, but like and and the normal viewer, like I don't know how much it'll blow their mind because there's a lot of people that watch it that don't know the difference between clone troopers and stormtroopers. They're just like, okay, you know. So you know, it'll be interesting. Um, I just think it would be fun if, like, one of the clone troopers, like, loses his helmet and it's, like, Tamora Morrison playing the clone trooper and just, like, Why killing a child. Be? Why wouldn't it be? That would be so, like, crazy. And um, now and- they have the technology that they can, in whatever era of clones, the clones show up, they can age him into it and all that, like. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing I wanted to mention about, um, Andor that really stuck out to me that I'm excited about is we're returning to Coruscant. I love Coruscant. I want to see the Imperial Senate. And especially, it looks like we're going to be getting a lot of Mon Mothma. Um, like, Genevieve is back playing Mon Mothma again, and she looks great. I think that's going to be a really the, interesting the woman side with of the, the story. The woman with the old lady hair, is that the is that the lesbian kiss lady from... No, it's it's way too early. Like she she would be ancient because we're talking about like seventy years. Then. Yeah, because she looks whoever she looks similar to that lady, but she looks older. But it's earlier. I was trying to. I was like looking at her, going, "Who is that character? She looks familiar to me." Let me see. Let me see. Let me see if it's. And I don't know who. I don't know who she is. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, like I I sort of assume Mon Mothma would have to factor into this. Yeah, and Mon Mothma is a fun character too because she's kind of a pain in the ass. She's kind of a, a heel dragger, and and you know, like we, I, I still want to make the this Republic thing work. So this is a good good source of, uh, of okay. drama. That's Fiona Shaw, um, is the actress. Um, we <laughs> don't know who she's playing. Okay, um, maybe I just recognize her from another show or something, but she looks fami- she looks very familiar to me. And I was like, th- am I forgetting who this character is? She was um she was Aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter series. Is nah, that maybe where- she was nah. in Killing Eve? No. Nope, nope. Oh, okay. I'm just talking about a few things. My brain's true, just- true Blood. <laughs> oh, I did watch True Blood. She was uh, Marnie Stonebrook in True Blood. I'd have to watch it, but that might be that very because I watch like four or five seasons of that stupid show. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm excited to see like the gritty side on and on Cassian's side, and then like the high the high class society that Mon Mothma's in, and like um, her. I just love that line where she's like, "They're watching me now." Like she's aware of it, and. Yeah. I, I I think it'd be really fun to see a younger Mon Mothma um, and, like, trying to play that side in the Imperial Senate. And, like, we... I don't think we've ever seen the Imperial Senate on screen. Am I wrong? The Imperial Senate. I don't Senate. think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So I think that's going to be... That could be really interesting to see it on screen, so... We're getting to that. <sighs> yeah. So are you ready for the next one? Yes. So... I'm going to talk about Ahsoka, and you said you didn't see the Ahsoka footage, right? I did not. I've seen it once, so luckily someone wrote it out, and I'm going to read it to you, okay? Yes. 
the first teaser trailer for the Ahsoka on for for Ahsoka on Disney Plus was released at Celebration, featuring the first look at the characters um, from the Star Wars a- Rebels animated series in live action. The footage begins with a view a view of Harris and Dula in Ahsoka from behind. This is followed by a shot of what may be the interior of the ghost, and then a hand that may be trying to use the Force to reach for a cup is shown. What appears to be what appears to be Ahsoka's hand touching engravings carved into the ground, along with a close-up of a droid who bears a strong resemblance to Professor Hugh Yang from the Kid Arc of Clone Wars. Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka is also seen removing her hood, and the teaser ends with a rear, rare with a rear view of Sabine Wren, played by Natasha Liu Bordizo, uh, and the same mural from Star Wars Rebels created for live action. That's always all. It was like it was about a minute. But we get live action Hera, what could possibly be the ghost. Um, Professor Hugh Yang from possibly because because it looked it's the same model what as about Professor Chopper. Yang. Chopper has been confirmed. He wasn't in the oh. he wasn't he wasn't in the trailer, but he has been confirmed that Chopper's oh gonna be Oh my god, a, a chopper, a live action chopper. I wonder if he'll I, I hope they you know, obviously live action's gonna be different, mm-hmm. but I hope I mean, you could manufacture up a chopper. You know how choppers they, sort they of... already have. He's in Rogue One. Chopper makes a cameo in Rogue One. They already have it. Yeah, but he just sort of blah 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 spy. I mean, like a full like chopper character, like where he's like he's almost like he's exploding inside. Sometimes you know, parts of him will sort of pop up and you know, like or like he's like letting off little puffs of steam that like. I, oh. I just hope they do that. I hope they make him like ricketing and popping. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the other thing is um, Lucasfilm has yet to confirm who will be playing Hera, Ezra, or Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh. Um, so I, I want to, I know you haven't seen it. I have seen it. So, um, so we know we have a confirmation for live action Hera, Chopper, and Sabine. Um, and because it really wasn't a lot of shots, um, it was like maybe five shots, five, six well, shots. Have it wasn't they a cast lot. somebody as, as Hera, but just not told anybody, right? Because because she was in the show, uh, she right, was in the trailer, right. but it was from behind, so no, well, that's what I'm saying. Face. They could have just done some shots that are going to be in the movie, but they just sort of like possibly because they apparently just started filming like a couple right. like like three weeks ago or something like that so they it was actually surprised that they had anything to show and it was so put together so it could have been like a teaser right um so what do you, i i know i have thoughts um what are your thoughts because my thoughts are more complicated um having I'm, not seen it <laughs> i'm looking forward to it it's I, it sounds like it's gonna be like the just sort of like unofficial sequel is that as good a phrase i can think of to rebels you know a nice um you know continuation of that that storyline so i'm you know i'm game to watch that storyline so i'm i'm down to watch it you know i mean they're they're open characters You, you 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 have a whole you have a whole arc that that go into them fighting, you know, Palpatine's army at the end of 
Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't like saying its name. If I say it five times in front of a mirror, uh, it's dangerous. I'll just fall into some like quick space quicksand. <laughs> um, so here are my thoughts because I've seen it. Um, I I have a lot of conflicting feelings about this show. Um, one of them is I love Rebels. I want more Rebels. I just don't think I want it in live action. Um, and that's nothing against the actress. That's not against Natalie playing Sadiq Bean or whoever plays Ezra and Nahara. It's just I, I want to see that show in animation. Um, so I, I, have a, I have some experience about that. Because um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Ahsoka in season two in Mando. Now, a lot of the reason I'm not the biggest fan of Ahsoka is because I'm not okay with the actress. I'm not okay with her still having allegations of attacking a transgender person. And no, before you say, but the charges were dropped, the charges were not dropped. The victim ha- had COVID and couldn't get a medical examination because they had COVID at the time. And the court chose not to go forward. And the victim still wants their day in court against Rosario Dawson because they still want to press charges. Um, so I have a lot of complicated feelings about the actress and I was not impressed with the actress in Mando season two and Ahsoka's my favorite character. So I do have a lot of emotions wrapped up into this character. So I'm kind of mixed on the show. Um, I, I'll watch it, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it because I, this was not how I wanted Rebels to continue. I never wanted to continue in live action. I don't mind, like, cameos. Like, if Hera showed up in Andor, that'd be cool and stuff like that. Like, I don't mind cameos, but I didn't want the Rebel sequel to be like this. And so I have a lot of complicated feelings about the show. I really do. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I The footage looked great. I was surprised they had any footage. It looked fine. Um, I really liked the recreation of the Rebels mural in live action. It looked really good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, yeah. I, have, I, have, I have a lot of complicated feelings about this show, so... Yeah, we'll yeah. Chris is, like, <laughs> Chris is like, remember when I said I I don't mind being a fan anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it's gonna drop, and then I'm gonna watch it. I yeah. like it or I won't like it. Yeah. So before we get to the next one, I'm gonna send you this link. I don't know if you can actually open this link, but this link has pictures. Some of the pictures from the grainy footage. Uh, oh, I've seen the grainy footage. Okay, just making sure. Um. Anyway, so are you ready for the next one? I am ready for the next one. So, at the t- at this moment, there's no trailer, but I have seen the grainy footage. Um, and it is the Mandalorian season three trailer. Um, so every video I've tried oh, to find it, it got wait, down real Okay, fast. never mind. I have not seen the grainy footage of this. I was, in my mind, I was thinking of the, the longer, uh, Bad Batch trailer. I have not seen the grainy footage. Uh, that's before. why, I, well, I sent you a link. I don't know if you can open it, though, because it's I on can. Tumblr. I am, well, I'm looking at it right now, so yes, I can. Okay, cool. My, so. My browser goes to Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you needed like um, a link to connect to it. Um, I am going to read through this because a lot of people haven't seen it yet. Um, and it's a lot. It's a, it's a long breakdown. So I'm going to just read it scene by scene. So scene one. Din walks towards a large structure, a rock structure with a lot of jacket edges. 
Um, this could be Mandalore, or it could be where the armor and Paz have moved the workshop to. The darkened sky is rather reminiscent of the Season 3 logo. Scene 2. The armorer is seen with Den and Grogu as she discusses her dismay with his free will choice to remove his helmet, along with yet another statement that he is no longer a Mandalorian. Grogu tries to speak and comes closer as he's yet to actually say a word. Uh, this takes place in the armorer's new workshop, which is no longer on Glavis and is, somewhere, is now somewhere new. It could be Mandalore, it could be another planet. Um, this will most likely be the moment where Din decides he must seek atonement. Scene 3. A ship flies through the atmosphere on the planet. It could be Den, Starfighter, descending towards Mandalore, or it could... And of course, this is all grainy footage, so this person is recalling grainy footage, so it's right. kind of hard to tell. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, it's hard to tell. However, it's reminiscent of the Chapter 10 Maldo Credis atmosphere. Scene 4. Den pulls a blaster as he and Grogu, in his brand new pram, walk through a cave. This is presumably the mines of Mandalore, where the living waters are supposed, supposed to be. My best guess is that Den and Grogu go looking for them. Perhaps Bro-Katan is close behind. The other scenes will explain this. Scene 5. The armor is crafting something that I believe to be Grogu's new pram. She may be dismayed with Den, but there's no reason for her to take it out on Grogu. Plus, if Den is going to seek atonement, of course, the armor would help supply him and, and his foundling with what they need for their journey. Scene 6. The star, starfighter travels through hyperspace. Scene 7. Den and Grogu um, uh, approach Bo-Katan on her makeshift throne. We don't know where this is, presumably a planet we haven't seen yet. She looks to be bothered by something, which I guess is the thoughts of her failures as Mandalore and her conflict over whether or not she's challenging Din with the Darksaber. Bo-Katan goes, uh, goes on to ask Din and, uh, where Din and his cult, um, where they were during the Purge. Hopefully this is a moment, uh, that's speculation. Either way, uh, the truth will be shared here, and also in the shot, I remember seeing the shot, Bo-Katan was sitting on a throne that looks a lot like Satine's. It is not Satine's throne, but her helmet is, like, next to her. The architecture is very Mandalorian. And... very Mandalorian. Um, scene 8. Another shot of Den and Grogu in the cave mine. There's water dripping, the living waters, perhaps? It looks almost as if the fallen, like there's a fallen star destroyer behind them, but that could just be the low-quality nature of this video. Uh, it could be the ruins of the Great Purge left behind as Din looks for the living waters he's searching for. Scene 9. A bunch of salacious bee crumbs, so quacky monkey lizards, are in a tree on Navarro. Uh, scene 10. I think Grogu wants to eat some of those creatures. Scene 11. Din stands in front of the IG-11 statue as Grief Karga approaches him, and Grief has a new outfit. He didn't think Din would return, but also expected he would one day. Um... Um, sorry, this person wrote a lot of speculation, so I'm just kind of looking for the actual scenes. Scene 12. There's a quick sequence of various shots which show a new character, as well as Carson Teva. Oh, that's the name of the rebel pilot with the X-ray and with the beard. I couldn't remember uh... his name. That, that's Carson Teva. In a much nicer uniform at Pelly's hangar. Um... Scene 13. There's a shot of Grogu in the Starfighter, but it's cut off, so it's hard to tell. Um, scene 14. There, uh, there's a droid seated with someone what looks to be in a new F Republic facility. Um, however, it looks like some, uh, something like an interrogation of prisoners and new Republic prisoners, which means possibly Moff Gideon. Scene 15. 
A line of blue and red armor Mandalorians cross their armored chest with their arms and fists. They look battle-ready. This may be some of the uh, Mandalorians sneaking around the planet. Scene 16. Grief has a standoff with some Nyctos and perhaps some other species. Uh, Nyctos are the ones that had Grogu in Chapter 1. Scene 17. Grogu looks like he's nearing his eyes at Bo-Katan in her palace before Din starts telling her about his plan to go to Mandalore and seek atonement for his transgressions. Um, scene 18. Din's eight uh, starfighter sets off for the planet that looks kind of like Earth. Scene 19. Din's blurred in the background as Grief turns to face someone. This looks to be Grief's standoff moment, but I'm not sure how. Uh, Grief's expression looks displeased and a bit wary, and Din's helmet tilted uh, is tilted to support that. Scene 20. It, uh, this one's hard to see, but the ship is flying through the dark, and it looks as if there's some trouble blowing, brewing. In scene, uh, scene 21, Bo-Katan, like Den, has a flashlight on her helmet activated, which looks to be in a cave. Scene 22, this one got me excited. Dr. Pershing is back, and he uh, has a wardrobe update. He's walking through a New Republic facility, though he doesn't look to be a prisoner. Or less, at least the people don't know he's supposed to be. He seems nervous that his appearance uh, and the appearance of an Imperial officer from chapters 12, 14, 15, and 16, which is the really hot girl that like work from off Gideon is there and that made me really excited too because I also love her but because I, I thought she died um, perhaps Pershing is in her undercover um, scene 23 there's a rather large ship battle occurring but uh, but where I'm not sure Den seems outnumbered um, scene 24 there's a quick clip spliced together of the above sequences with Bo-Katan watching what seems to be Den Starfighter landing outside her palace Scene 25, those Mandalorians from before are surrounded by smoke as they tip through, tow through a town or a village. Scene 26, Bo-Katan flies her ship and turns her helmet as she starts, uh, as she's looking at something shocking. Scene 27, Bo-Katan shoots at the roof of cave, most likely aforementioned one, and brings some rubble down. Sans, finally, finally, scene 28, the last one. Bo-Katan speaks to Groku directly and refers to Din as your dad and insists that he isn't the only Mandalorian. So that's a breakdown of the trailer. Um, like I said, it might be released by the time this comes out. At the time, that's all we know. But it, I've seen a lot of people a little scared that they're going to take Bo-Katan the like, Daenerys Targaryen route. Which I kind of hope not, but also it looks like Bo-Katan might be set up to be the antagonist of season three, which I could see, but I hope they don't take her full villain. We've talked about that, her or the or the um, the other woman being the antagonist, but like yeah, the armor, yeah, the armor. They could it could happen with either of them. He could have two antagonists. He could have both of them <laughs> after him by the end. Yeah. I hope they don't like because because Bo-Katan has always been a complicated character. She starts as a villain and then she becomes an ally and then she's kind of like this great character in and in, in the Mandalorian, which is what I like about her is that she's never been fully good or fully bad. She just believes in helping her people and saving them, whether that's from a separatist invasion, whether that's from Maul, whether that's from the Imperials. Whether that's from Dead in the New Republic. Like, she's all about saving her people, which means any means necessary. And so she's always been very complicated. So I, I would be really interested to. Ha oh, and the other thing is. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Chris, you talk. Oh, blah, blah, blah. 
I have no idea who to- Hope's talking about. I found Lisa's it. Okay. Pull out um, I couldn't remember his first name. Um, Rick Famuyiwa, who was one of the directors of The Mandalorian, is showrunning season three. Like, he's, I think, like, the not showrunning it. Like, he's um, the, uh, the, right, like, the um, showrunner. Main... <sighs> no, because, um, 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 Filoni and uh, Favreau are still show running, right. but I think he's the head writer of season three. Oh, okay. And I really liked his episodes. Um, he did the child, which was our episode two, which was both of our personal favorites. He did the prisoner, yeah, yeah. which was the first Bill Bill, he, and he did the, the, the two Bill Burr episodes that we really loved. That character. Yeah. Well, maybe a lot of other people really loved it too, and that's how he got yeah. more things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun and really interesting because I think he's a he's a really good writer and he's a really good director. And I really like his vision and I like how he handles Star Wars. I think he's really unique. Um, so that that makes me excited. It um, looks like it's going to be more like the first season, too, where it's like, boom, sto- like it's not going to be guests like the the, the like guest appearances are going to be like Mandalorian characters like Carl Weathers and stuff like that. So it's not going to be like about tying it into anything. It's going to get to some hardcore. I mean, I, you know, my theory, I think it's all coming down to Grogu being the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm just interested with how they're going to handle Bo-Katan. I hope they don't Daenerys Targaryen her and just makes her like full villain. I will be very upset. Yeah. Um, but that's really all I th- like because we don't have a trailer. Like we really can only go off of hearsay. <laughs> um, the footage so far, because I have seen the grainy footage, um, and the grainy footage looks great. It lo- and I, I love that shot of Bo-Katan on the throne on the throne-like thing, because it right. reminds me so much of Satine, um, when Satine was on her throne, and I love when Star Wars rhymes like that. Um, but other than that, I just I don't really have a lot more to say about Mando. Do you? No, not really. So, the last two things. Um, we'll start with the first one. Um, I'm going to send you... Did you look at either of these threads? I don't think I looked. I don't think I looked at these threads, but I I think I've seen. I think I've seen a lot of the pictures that that are probably in them of like Dooku and Qui Gon and yes, stuff. Yes, and baby, yes, and baby Ahsoka. Baby Ahsoka and yes, yes, a lot okay. of production art and stuff like that. All right, yeah, cool. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Tales of the Jedi. Um, Tales of the Jedi was a surprise like i knew it was coming and i wasn't sure what it was going to be and essentially it's dave filoni's passion project um he came out and he was talking about it and i'm just going to glance through this thread thank you you tinny on twitter you're amazing thank you for live tweeting this and dave filoni was talking about how live action versus animation he's like it's all star wars to me which was great to hear and essentially what it was is that these were stories he wanted to tell. And he went to Carrie Beck. And Carrie Beck was like, do you want to make this? And he was like, yeah, if you find the money. And she found in the money. So these are all shorts. They showed the first short, which was the Baby Ahsoka short. And it was about 15 minutes. So I think this is going to be more in the vein of, like, visions. Like, they're not going to be full episodes. They're um, Because the first the short, the short was only 15 minutes long. That's that's fine. I'm I'm excited about the idea of three 
uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon because those are two characters who have went through a lot of changes by the time we met them. So then when we get Jedi we, Dooku too, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We get to we, we get to like like a little humanization, a little more fleshing out of Dooku, which he could use some fleshing out. So it'll be really interesting to see him when he was, you know, when he was um, Qui-Gon's master and like, you know, yeah. um, but there's to, a lot of possibilities with that. So that could be and with Dave Filoni, he's I imagine he's thought of him and has some ideas. So yeah. I'm really psyched. The three is so good short. OK, so, so let me finish. Um, so it's going to be six shorts so far. Um, that's all we know. It's six shorts, and it's three Ahsoka shorts. Shorts three about Dooku, Jedi Dooku, and young Qui Gon. And two of the Ahsoka shorts look like things that we've already talked about. One looks almost exactly a shot from the Ahsoka novel, um, and the one with Ahsoka as a baby, which was what ended up being a scrapped Clone Wars arc that never came to be, where it was Ahsoka's mm-hmm. backstory of how she met Plo Clune. So it looks like it's going to be that. Um, and I like this. So these are just focusing on the prequels. Like we know that um, Anakin is going to be back. Captain Rex is going to be back in these shorts. In one of the um, Dooku shorts, Mace Windu's in it. So it looks to be very um, prequel, like just set in the prequels this time around, except for the Ahsoka short that looks with the Inquisitor, which is definitely an Imperial time. But I kind of like this idea, like where season one is yeah. like these six shorts. And then maybe like season two would be like the sequel trilogy. Maybe season three is like the High Republic. Like I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, it is in the Clone Wars style, which I love the Clone Wars style, but I'm ready to get away from the Clone Wars style because I miss other styles like Rebels and Resistance. But this makes sense being in the Clone Wars style because it is about Ahsoka. So I get it. Um, so I don't mind it here. But I just want to say for future stuff, I hope like if they do like the sequel trilogy or maybe like more Rebels, like if they have more shorts of like Kanan and Ezra or like maybe Kanan when he's in hiding, like I hope that's in a Rebel style. Mace Windu would be very interesting. Um, I'm I'm sure he he would have, you know, have some. Yeah, there's. Yeah, it's. Um, he did say Floney's, Floney was so blown away by the Bad Batch that he wanted to play in that technological sandbox. Um, and young Qui-Gon is voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Um, but also Liam Neeson is also going to be in it. So that tells me that it's narrated by Qui-Gon and then we see young Qui-Gon if both Liam Neeson and his son are in it. Maybe they'll get Ewan McGregor and they'll have Obi-Wan and... They'll have you, the two of them discussing. So let me tell you I, the story when I was a boy. I don't know because I feel like I thought I can't find it now, but I feel like they said Matt, that Matt Lantern is back voicing Anakin, um, which would tell me that James Arnold Taylor is probably back as Obi Wan. But I'm not sure actually. Yeah, they I, could do I, that too. It, that would be that would just be a cool little Easter egg to have the the, the that master and Padawan back together to do some lines would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then Utena said about the 15 minute short that they saw. It was titled Life and Death. It was roughly 15 minutes long. It showcases baby Soka, about one years old, and her mother. There's very minimal dialogue. It takes place on the Tigridan home world, involves a hunt, a saber toothed tiger like beast, and, an, uh, and, and the utterance of a Jedi. And the Bad Batch style is gorgeous. Um, and the person who voices Ahsoka's mother 
is um, uh, uh, Janina Gravenkar. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, but she's the voice of Aiden Versio in the video games. Um, and I think that's it. That's the big things that I took away from this. Oh, Dave credits his work that uh, the, the work of Hayao Miyazaki as well as a mention of Avatar The Last Airbender, which he worked on. Um, and Kevin Kiner is returning to the, do the music for the series. Excellent. The funny thing is, someone in the audience yelled, where's Ezra? And he and Dave Filoni said, you know, what's interesting about that? I know where he is. Um, and they also got to see, oh, here's the other thing. They also got to see a full trailer. Again, not released. But the full tra trailer had Ahsoka, Dooku, Anakin, Mace Windu, Bell Organa, Rex, an unknown Darksaber, and wait for it, wait for it, Yaddle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> wait till it comes out. We'll surprise him. Yeah. But I'm excited about this. Like, if it's if it's a Dave Filoni passion project, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I I'm really 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 excited about that. So, you ready for the last one, the big I one? I saved this one for last because this is the show that we're covering right now, so it just fits right. perfectly. The Bad Batch season two trailer. Um. So. It takes place a little bit of time. I know there's a time skip. Um, the Batch has new outfits. And I was reading that the outfits symbolize their continued growth as individuals. So their color schemes are purposeful because those are things that they chose. Um, Omega has a new look. She has a helmet now. Um, and... It just and it so there is a time jump, but it's not stated how much time is as jumped. There is a main trailer that is on YouTube. You can watch the main trailer, and then there is a longer trailer that they saw at celebration. It was an extra minute, and it also had stuff that the main trailer doesn't have. So you, if you don't want spoilers of the longer celebration tra trailer, this is the last thing we're talking about. You can check out now. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. I watched them both. I know. I'm just giving people a chance to click off oh. if you're driving. If you're driving, um, pay attention to the road, but like turn off your thing. If you don't want spoilers of the longer thing, you ready? It has Commander Cody, which I think is really interesting because Cody was in the season seven arc of Clone Wars, and he was very familiar with the Bad Batch. And so he knew Hunter. He knew the Bad Batch. He's the one that introduced the Bad Batch to Rex. And that's interesting to me because... Cody in the longer trailer, it's hard to hear, but someone said that he was questioning the Empire to Crosshair. And that's, so you, I, I have a lot of feelings that if he knows Hunter and he sees Crosshair is there, but the rest of the batch has defected, I think that's a really interesting story for Cody. Uh-huh. Although Cody was the one who just immediately started shooting at Obi-Wan, so. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if he is, like, kind of, like, starting to question it like he fell for order 66 yeah, that, just that like rex be, that might be why the clones got phased right out mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe that maybe that chip wasn't meant to last very long after order 66 you know as far as mm -hmm. it's, it had fulfilled its usefulness so i should ask what did you think of the bad batch trailers it That's was a good, good. Place to start it was good it doesn't seem like it's gonna be a radical um um 
departure from what what we already have um it, it looks like it's it's um st- you know they're still going to be sort of hanging out at the bar um but it looks like it's definitely going forward it goes into coruscant which i'm pretty psyched about yeah i was surprised especially because like it i'm assuming like- it's coruscant i mean that looks like the senate like why is omega in the senate <laughs> uh, laying eyes on a real daddy there's your daddy there's your pappy right there yeah papa palpatine's in the background and he looks evil of course so like that was a big surprise to see them on coruscant and to have palpatine like in the flesh i was yeah, not let's, expecting let's get pal- some palps in here i'm all down for that it uh, makes me wonder <laughs> if maybe because maybe they're looking for information about fives to help other clones. And the reason I wondered that is there is one shot in the trailer and it's hard to tell. You can only really see one of the the boy's face, but he looks like the model of young Boba Fett from the Clone Wars. And it made me wonder, are these clone cadets that just got cast away? Because there's a group of them and they all look about the same age and the same height. And so what if, what if, the hope's wildly speculating now, what if the plot is them trying to get the information that Fives found to help expose to save other clones? To be like, this is what happened to you. Here's the proof. To And you need to walk away, which would also then tie into Commander Cody and Crosshair's journey. Because D. Bradley Baker did mention that um, he thinks that redemption is possible for Crosshair. He didn't go, he didn't say yes or no, but he's like, I think it's a possibility. Oh yeah, for sure. For it's sure. always a possibility, but they, they tease that. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And then there's another, I should say also, I love this show. The show looks gorgeous. The show always looks gorgeous. Like this show is beautiful and I'm the animation has never looked so good. And there's another shot and I'm not sure because it's dark, but it's, uh, but Omega says something to a boy and he kind of looks like Lux Bon Terry uh-huh. from the the separatist kid that like Ahsoka was was pals with, which would kind of make sense because if Lux is friends with Ahsoka and they're friends with Rex, and Rex and Ahsoka are friends, right, and Lux right. is also connected to Saul Guerrera, yeah. who they've met, like that just seems like a very natural character to be there. But I don't know for sure if it's Lux Bonteri because it's kind of hard to tell in the shot because he's kind of in profile and it's a dark shot and it's the only place we see this kid. Um. But I think that would be a really interesting character to bring in. It very well could be. It would make sense. And then the other big thing that got me so super excited that I was so surprised to see. Fucking Gunji from the yeah. kid arc of Clone Wars with his lightsaber, my precious Wookiee pat like baby. And that just made me scream. I got so excited. And then I like that idea of like, this is going to, because those kids always felt like, because when we covered Clone Wars, we talked about this. The kid arc was supposed to be a backdoor pilot that never got made. And they kind of feel natural here. Like if Katuni and all the other kids were there in this show and the Bad Batch has to help them and they escaped then they would be perfect for Omega because they're her age. It's kids her age. They just feel like a very natural fit. And we see another Wookiee. Like, it's not Gunji. Like, we see an adult Wookiee in one of the trailers. I don't remember which one. And so Omega I like will this... finally get to work with Jedi. Yeah, and to, like, have to be, like, maybe on Kashyyyk, too, and to have, like, the Wookiees there as well. Like, 
I love that idea of Gunji and the kids from the kid arc being in the show. Like, that just feels right, you know? Yeah. In all sorts of ways. Having, having, getting, getting your young Wookiee character out there is a good idea, too, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's no to, Grogu, but it's close. Yeah. But I just, I, I, so we know for sure that Gunji's alive. We don't know about the other kids. If they make um, a live action Gunji, watch out, Grogu. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I, I don't know, unless they make him look like uh, 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 the um, holiday special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lumpy. <laughs> yeah. But I I loved these two trailers. I was at my greases, my, my, my greases my niece's graduation party, like watching the trailers in the bathroom, like just being like, ah, ah, ah. You're like, are you all right in there at home? I'm fine. Don't come in. Ah! <laughs> um, and it, it seems interesting. And the only thing I hope, and we, I've, I've talked about this in Bad Batch, is I hope we kind of get more into the characters. Um, and it seems like they're more active. Like, yeah, they're still with Sid, but it seems like they're a little bit more involved with bigger things. Does that make sense? Like before, it, like the season one is like right. more adventure of the week. This feels like if if that is Lux Bonteri, if that is like it is Gunji. I shouldn't say if it is Gunji, but like if that is Lux Bonteri, if they are going to Coruscant, Rex was in the trailer too. It feels like they're getting more involved with the bigger picture, yeah. which is and what the I the more want they to see. get involved with the rebels, the more. Omega's going to be like, come on, we're doing this. So, yeah, the more like it's once once they start sliding, they're going down. Well, not downhill, but that, you know, you know what I mean? It's a it's a kind of a good slippery slope. But yeah. Yeah. And it's very much in the animation format where season one is kind of smaller and adventure of the week. And then season two usually takes them into something bigger. Like that is very much the animation formula for Star Wars. So, um. Did you have anything else about Bad Batch? I don't. I'm uh, I'm down for it. So the very last thing I wanted to do is just to read the schedule of all the dates. You ready for all this crazy Star Warsness? Yeah. Well, like you said, there's only going to be like what a couple weeks where there isn't any, right? Right. Right. From what we understand, so the schedule of all the new stuff. Andor is August thirty first. Tales of the Jedi is fall. Bad Batch Season 2 is in the fall. High Republic Phase 2 starts October 4th. Vision Season 2 is spring 2023. Mandalorian Season 3 is February 2023. Ahsoka is going to be mid-2023. Skeleton Crew is going to be late 2023. Jedi Survivor Video Game is going to be sometime 2023. And they did talk a little bit about Taika Waititi's movie. They didn't give like any extra details, but they are anticipating it's going to be late 2023. Didn't it used to be like 2025 or something like that when they originally... Yeah, I, I, I think like... it's taken the spot of Rogue Squadron because originally Rogue Squadron was going to be 2023 and that's been pushed back. I think um, I think also maybe like he's kind of like since then he's sort of like really uh, it's, um, he's I will done say, well for himself since then so they might be like yeah let's get let's let's strike on him while he's hot you know. I also will say I will happily wait for Taika's movie if it means we get season two of Our Flag Means Death. Um, and well, I should mention, and, or a new season of uh, of uh, what we do in the shadows too would be a. Uh, 
Yeah. Fun. That's coming. That, that's coming, I guess, soon. No, I will say uh, Kathleen Kennedy did mention the Lando TV show. Um, the only news that she said is they still want to do it. All they're essentially doing is waiting for Donald Glover. Um, like he's the one. Like he has such a busy schedule right now. They're waiting for some period in time of his schedule yeah. clear up. And, and then she said, like they still want to do it. They still have plans to do it. They're just waiting for Good. Donald Glover. As long as they um, got, as I, if if they're waiting for Donald Glover, it's worth the wait because he is. Yeah, he's a keeper on Lando. Mm-hmm. But that's all the big news that came out of Celebration. It's a lot. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I mean, we knew it was going to be a lot because that's a lot of time to fill. And, uh, you know, I mean, my only my only worry is, you know, too much of a good thing. They've had trouble with that, but we'll see, you know, and and, and, you know, if if I don't end up liking some of these, it ain't going to matter. Some something something out of these I'm going to like probably like a lot. Most most likely I'm easy. I'm, I'm I'm a mark. And for me, like, I think, I think it was Kathleen Kennedy that said this is they, because of the pandemic, they really realized the beauty of Disney plus because it became the necessity. It was like the thing they could, it was like the only thing they could use for a time period for a time being. Um, and I like that because I've said it before. I said it again, again, I think Star Wars works really well on television because you have more time in the world. You have more time in the characters. You have more time to tell a story. Um, and like the movies are always great and they're going to be the big spectacle. But I think to get in like meat of stories, t- TV is where it's at. And you can, I really like that they're really doubling down on TV. And I'm really excited about that. And essentially, all these shows are fucking tiny movies anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're getting to the point of, like, A, you got Disney, Star Wars is one of their feature tentpole franchises. And so they have so they have the budget to do it. And the technology has gotten to the point where, and is only going to get better as everybody gets more and more used to, like, you know, the, like the way they film The Mandalorian, you know? And it's just going, just like the animation that we've watched since Clone Wars evolve, is they can make stuff that's fairly cinematic. Obviously, you know, like we've seen with all the shows, there's been elements. There's of, a little bit of a budget. You can tell yeah, there's well, a budget. Yeah, they're, they're, every, you know, every episode is a mini movie with another director there and a budget that ain't going, that ain't budging and a, and a, and a strict timetable to get it done you know unlike a movie you can't you can't be late with it so it you know just by necessity it's different but like technology has gotten to the point of where it's still like you're still at this point if somebody pulled out a dvd and said was this released in the movie theater or released on tv you'd still be able to say okay this was a tv show sometimes you might have to watch it for 10 or 15 minutes but like you know, but as time goes on, there'll be less and less of a difference of that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fine with me. I, I'm going to try to keep up. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to be having a podcast for a very long time. Very, started very as, long time. What started as a Clone Wars podcast is going to be ongoing for a very long time. <laughs> 
Um, I'm just I'm just glancing through to make sure I didn't miss anything. I think I got all the news. So, all right, Chris, where can people find you? New episode of Kenobi tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yes, you can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website where we have all the podcasts, all of them, all of them. And you can also, and uh, if you go to Facebook or Twitter, you can uh, you can see all our episodes that get released on the Two True Freaks podcast, or you can hang out in the Two True Freaks cantina, or when you go to Twitter, you just put in Two True Freaks, and you be, you come to the Twitter home of Two True Freaks, which is also the the abode of Gene Gene, the Twitter machine. Sort of a little jazzy, a little boop, jazz boop, variation. Boop. I think that L- was like a little bit of a uh, uh, little bit of a uh, droid beeps. Boop, 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 boop. I, I guess if I was doing a chopper, it'd be like. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I think Gene just died in the last audio drama I edited, but I'll I think the whole Gene. I think the whole world got destroyed. So I think Gene's character was just part of it, unless we do a sequel, but. It ended with the world being destroyed. Spoiler. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the fun of being an actor is you get to die over and over and over again. (laughs) Anyway, that's where they can find me. But he got to start out as a gigantic, like, 14-foot pirate or something like that. But anyway, that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? Uh, you can find me at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. Um, I'm also a writer for the Geeky Waffle. Actually, when tomorrow is my one-year anniversary with the Waffles as a staff writer, and I'm very excited. Um, even though this is, I don't actually. Is this going to be the next episode, or like coming out in a couple weeks? This is going to be. I th- want to say three weeks from when we're recording it. It'll come out. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, all the things we talked about might have trailers, but then who knows? Um, yeah. but, um, I'm also occasionally on Space Waffles, which is my, uh, the Star Wars podcast for the EU Waffles, which is hosted by my friend Arzu. And I also highly recommend, because I've been listening to all the episodes so far and it's so much fun, the new Waffle show. Bookmarked and Busy by Ren. And I was recently on their show. It should be coming out in a few weeks. Um, and it's a fan fiction podcast where Ren, a fan fiction reader, talks to fan fiction writers about their craft and and like what they write about and like different topics and taboo. It is a plus 18 podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I really have been enjoying it because um, like hearing them talk about like ABO or non-con or age differences and like why people write these things and like where it comes from and how to process grief and trauma through like fan fiction and it's just it's been a really interesting show so far and I've been really enjoying it Rin is knocking it out of the park and I absolutely adore this like new little show with the waffles so I highly recommend it um and that's the new show for the geeky waffle it's called bookmark and busy and I'm gonna be on it in a few weeks so oh so next week back to our normal Bad Batch schedule, I guess. Yeah, we'd still be in Bad Batch, right? Yeah, I, I think so. It'd be coming to the end of the Bad Batch, so our normal Bad Batch schedule. <laughs> I don't know exactly what where we are. I have to look at it. I, hope, I, I, I just drove back from fucking Florida. I might have COVID. Who knows? 
<laughs> Keep posted. Oh, that's a good cliffhanger for next show. Oh, fucking, I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm doing my first test tomorrow. I wanted to give my few day, myself a few days so I'd be oh, in incubation. You, you can't get COVID. You got to still be able to taste candy. Yeah, that's, wouldn't that be horrible if I can't taste candy and I'd just be like, <laughs> Like, you know, it tastes like nothing, Gene. This Not one's Gene, mushy. Dario. Dar- <laughs> Dario. Dario went to India and was doing some field research for Eat It and Beat It on the food front of India and I think uh-huh. getting some uh, and picked himself up a nasty parasite. Started feeling Ooh. tired and his food started flying through him like a 747. Oh, <laughs> poor Dario. Yeah, that, that's what happened. Well, that's part of the that's 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 where Dario will go for a podcast. Into he'll carry an alien parasite in his belly I'm assuming in his belly or in his somewhere in his intestinal tract I hope it wasn't a brain parasite no it's just having fun it's just like oh vacation now I'm curious I've got to find out exactly which parasite it was but all right that's all we have. <laughs> that's a conversation killer right there, huh? Yeah, I was like, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, guys. Well, we'll be back next week with I don't I don't know what episode, so I don't know what episode we'll be talking about. Um, I can so... tell you. I can tell you, it is going to be. I will get out my notes. Do, do, do. Rescue on Ryloth. Oh. Episode 12 of The Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. I get I've to go back watched to... it. I've already get... watched it, Hope, and written my notes and everything. I get to go back and talking about Daddy Shams and Dula. Yes, you Daddy... did. Daddy Sham, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Ah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.